Growing up um, in Seattle, Washington, where black black people were the minority of the minorities, there wasn't a lot of you know African Americans. There's not a lot of African Americans or African immigrants in Seattle. And so whenever I was in school or growing up, people would say, hell, where are you from? Or well, why are you wearing that towel on your head? This was before 9-11 and everybody became experts on Islam. Um, people would, would ask me where I was from and I would say, oh, I'm from Somalia. And people didn't know where, where that was at all. And I remember being in English class one time and some professor assigned us a book. It was by this African West African author, and he was just, he was writing about his village. And so the class started, and I'm sitting in the front of the room, and this is like maybe our first or second week, so I don't really know that professor or anybody. She comes to me, and she goes, did you relate to the book? And I was like, um, I was like confused, like, what do you mean? She was like, well, didn't you grow up in a small village in Africa? And I was like, uh, no, actually, I grew up in Seattle. And then she was like, oh, wh- where are you from? And I said, Somalia. And, and then she had no idea where that was on the map. And I looked around and I was the only black person in the room. And I was like really upset about that. And that that's just like one example of me being the only ethnic identity in the room. And that's something that's happened for me my entire life, no matter whether it was graduate school or not. But growing up, um, definitely heard a lot of like negative stereotypes of Somalis, people calling us pirates and all that stuff. And growing up, I really believed that. I really believed that there were, you know, people that were just really evil. But as an adult, I realized like, hey, maybe there are, you know, certain governments that are trying to pillage the waters of Somalia and maybe these people are just protecting that but I don't really know the truth but all I knew was that this picture was painted and there was a lot of shame there was a lot of embarrassment that was attached to my identity as a Somali person and the fact that my parents didn't really talk about and every time they talked about Somalia it was always a war it was always like oh yeah our house got you know bazooka in and and people were coming through the door like those were the only stories that they ever shared and so I really don't know what life was like for them in Somalia in a peaceful way. And that's something that I've always associated with my Somali identity. And so I would say that, you know, growing up in Seattle, my identity was first Black, and then I was Muslim, and then I was Somali. And when people would ask me where I'm from, I would just say I was from East Africa. Um, but I think moving to Minneapolis and having where there's such a strong, uh, vibrant unapologetic Somali community here where you know they go everywhere they're not nervous or ashamed or embarrassed about their identity like it was definitely a culture shock for me and for also for people to recognize that I was Somali and so my identity became Somali first then Muslim then black which was a huge huge shift for me and something that I'm still working with now I was born right when the war started so I was born in 1992. I think the war started in 91. And so I was actually born in a house. It was not safe enough for us to go to a hospital. And my father was a target. And so we were spending a lot of our time in hiding and just trying to stay alive while, you know, dad found a way to, to leave the country. But one time, I think this is actually one of the reasons why I became a trauma therapist. Um, 
my mom and my sister and I were just sitting around drinking tea and just, they do a lot of reminiscing. They were telling me about when the war erupted and they heard the airplanes up above and the bombs dropping. And my sister would tell me, I think she was about like 12, about this moment where they had to leave the house because, you know, once the government collapsed, everybody who was targeting my dad just like came up to our house and, you know, were trying to murder my dad. And my sister tells me, um, she told me this moment where she picked me up and I was like a couple of months old at this point. And my mom told her to run to our neighbor and it was a little bit away. And so she put me on her back and wrapped me in a, a blanket, how like, you know, African women do and, and other countries. And so she was running and she came across this open field and was like really nervous. And she was running and realized that, hey, you know, if a bullet does hit me, it'll probably hit, you know, hit my sister first because she's behind me. So as she was running, you know, she grabbed me and she she pulled me towards her chest and kept running uh, just in case, you know, if a bullet hit us, like she would be the one to take the hit versus me. And she was like 12 years old making, you know, these decisions and, and, and um, it's still something that I get shocked to this day, like for somebody to have to make that decision and have that experience. And she talks about it nonchalantly now, which still surprises me, but um, as a therapist, as somebody who witnesses people's, you know, traumas and pain and hurt, like to be able to go through that experience of like, I don't care if I die as long as my sister is alive. Um, it's really, it's really hard for me to hold sometimes. And I get really, you know, sad and tearful sometimes because like she shouldn't have to have had that experience. Um, and it just shows like how, how difficult war really is. Um, and I mean, I'm grateful for my sister and, and, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry that she had to make that decision and go through that, that thought process. That was Zamzam Dini on Immigrant Tales, a sub-series of Model Minority Uniquely American. Zamzam and her family are from Somalia, and she now works as a marriage and family therapist at the Minnesota Trauma Recovery Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, helping Somali refugees and other immigrants in the community. She's also a third-year doctoral student at the University of Minnesota. Her story reminds us of the things we carry in our communities as immigrants, as refugees, be it lost memories or an unconditional dedication for those we love. It shows us the weight of the life that our families left behind in places they may never get to visit again. Stories that are only cracked open once in a while while sipping tea that reminds us of home. Zamzam's work centers on the importance of mental health for all of us, be it our parents' generation or us millennials and Gen Zs that follow. You can find Zamzam's work at the University of Minnesota's website, umn.edu, under the Family and Social Sciences Department. Or you can give her a follow on LinkedIn and find her on Google Scholar under her name, Zamzam Dini. 
Her work is inspiring and well worth reading, so I'll link all of her information in the description box below. As always, shukriya, thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Neeti Shastri. If this episode spoke to you, please be sure to give us a share on social media. That'll go a long way in helping me make sure that our community stories get the reach that they deserve. If you have a story that you'd like to share on Immigrant Tales, send me an email at modelminorityua@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Until next time, and take care.